0: This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics, in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort
1: of, sort of, break it, break
0: it down like this. You'll listening to Two Headed Nerd Comic Cast, with Joe and Matt. Welcome to episode 14 of the Two-Headed Nerd, where we're talking about comics and news for the week of Wednesday, April 13th. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not spell checking Nebraska Tea Party militia websites and correcting their grammar <laughs> on Twitter. I'm writing about and appraising comics for worthpoint.com. Didn't you get in
1: a fight with Mike Huckabee a couple weeks ago? Well,
0: you got in a full-on virtual fist fight, and I won. That guy's a pansy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Joe
1: Patrick, manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, here we go again. When I'm not overstating how mean-spirited Matt is and understating his comedic genius because of my own
0: jealousy. That's right.
1: I'm the artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online.
0: This week, we'll review Journey to Mystery number 622 from Marvel and the Hellboy Buster Oakley Gets His Wish one-shot from Dark Horse. We'll blast a hole out the back of your pants in a lightning round. We're going to prophesize about next week's comics and impress the ladies with their bulging brains in Askiner. But before we put some lipstick on this pig... Let's bust through some budget ceilings and elbow our way past Barry Bonds, obstructing justice, to check out this week's big news. During a press conference earlier this week, writer Joe Casey and artist Nick Dragoda laid out their upcoming Vengeance event, which will run concurrently with Fear itself. The story focuses on Marvel's villains and how their actions directly affect a group of young characters, some new, some old two of which have been named, Miss America and Ultimate Nullifier. (laughs) Do we know either of these? I mean, Miss America? These are new villains. This is uh, about the
1: next generation of villains. Right.
0: So we've seen teaser pics of some older, Mm. forgotten Marvel characters, including Stacey X, the mutant prostitute created by Casey. She looks like Stacy X. Oh, it's got to be Stacy X. What do you mean she looks like her? It is. I'm just saying. When asked if this event had anything to do with Marvel's late 90s Acts of Vengeance crossover, the answer was yes. Joe, is it going to take Spidey with the power of Captain Universe to save us from Stacy X this time?
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I think this event sounds pretty fun. I think uh, it
0: sounds fun, too.
1: The way Casey kind of described it was, what do you do if you're the next generation of villains and you see that now Magneto is a good guy and Doctor
0: Doom is working with the FF? Right. There's some obvious power vacuums.
1: Yeah. And well, it, not so much that there's a power vacuum, but that your role models are now no longer following what you were
0: kind of brought up believing. It also seemed like they might not all be villains. Like some of them may just be out for revenge for something that happened because of a villain. Making them not necessarily a bad guy, but someone who is out for revenge because of how their life was affected or
1: sure, something. Sure, sure. But I, I think it looks good. The, the designs look kind of interesting. Yeah, I think this sounds like a good time. And I really like Nick
0: Dragota. I like Nick Dragota too. It's an event within an event, which makes it kind of meta I don't think it's an event. I think
1: it's just a story.
0: Yeah, six-issue story, I guess. Well, we're both looking forward to this one.
1: It's time to check the comic obituaries. This week, Marvel announced that Namor the First Mutant will be ending this June with issue 11. Also, Tokyo Pop, publishers of Sailor Moon, and the hyper-violent manga adaptation of Battle Royale will cease its American operations as of May 31st. Matt, are you going to cry at either of these funerals?
0: No. I mean I guess it's bad for the business when anybody when any company goes down but I think Manga seems to be in real trouble. They there's like two or three that sell very well and the rest of it is pretty much stolen by kids on the internet yeah. as far as I can tell. Namor just wasn't a good book. I don't no. know what they were thinking. They had a great chance to tie this into X-Men because he was living under Utopia but it just got lost in a bunch of like Bad Atlantean mythology and. Unfortunately, Atlantean they chose vampires. to tie it to
1: X Men by tying it to X Men Curse of the Mutants. Yeah, it
0: just. Not gonna miss it at all. And yeah, the
1: Namor book was not very good. I didn't enjoy it.
0: In other bad news, Dark Horse announced a series of editorial layoffs, including editors of their Creepy, Little Lulu, and Harvey reprints, along with one of their manga editors. Interestingly, here, we don't usually hear a lot. About these layoffs, it's usually, well, good luck to them, and we hope they do well. But one of the guys who was fired recently from Dark Horse, Aaron Coulter, is firing back, speaking directly about these layoffs, saying, quote, Properties like Jim Shooter's Gold Key relaunch and Janet Ivanovich's Troublemaker are expensive to buy and even more expensive to produce. Both of these projects were known to be toxic by employees before publication, said Coulter. The print run of Troublemaker was insanely high, unwelcoming to established fans, and overpriced for most comics readers. Similarly, the Gold Key character relaunch was overreaching, overprinted, and quite frankly, worn out. I think it's really interesting that he's taking this shot, and I've got to agree with him. I haven't read the Troublemaker stuff, but in looking at the solicits, and even looking at the book and reading the back of it... I had no interest in checking this out. I understand that maybe it's a popular line of novels. Is it but though? I don't know who this was marketed to. I don't
1: either. I mean, I understand you know wanting to take a shot with the old gold key, gold key stuff. There's still
0: a lot of love out there for uh, Valiant, and uh... I was really excited for those actually. And yeah. at, at, not well, I want to say it was mid '90s. I think when we saw a relaunch of some of these characters. They won all Gold Key, but Magnus Robot Fighter was one of them. It was really well done, and mm-hmm. it was done by talent at the time, like Mark Wade was on one. Garth Ennis did one. There were some really interesting choices. He did Shadow Man. But there were some interesting choices that were picked to relaunch these characters. Here, you went back, and again, I don't want to offend the old guys who are still working. I think it's great that they are. But you're going to. But, man, this Go was for it. boring, dry rehash of these characters, and the art wasn't real good. That a boy. The books were really thick, and they were overpriced. I didn't care for them. Yeah, there was just nothing there. And it seems like a big slip-up by Dark Horse, who does really well with Conan, does really well with Hellboy and BPRD and Star Wars. But it seems like when they step out of their comfort zone. They sure slip up.
1: Well, it doesn't really seem to me that this was out of their comfort zone. I mean, they're known for doing licensed properties. Right. And so this shouldn't have been any different. I can't speak to how highly they were printed or anything like that, but I I can
0: say that locally they didn't do too well. Do you think it's safe to say that whenever Dark Horse tries to do superheroes, they tend to get it wrong?
1: I don't know, man. Don't you remember barbed wire
0: (laughs) (laughs) i loved the machine back in the day
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyway like we obviously we can't speak with any certainty as to what caused the layoffs but our hearts go out to those guys we hope they find work soon it's bad news when anybody loses their job so we hope you get back up on your feet guys
0: rough week for comics Finally, in Hollywood news, a new Cowboys and Aliens trailer hit the net, and Michael Clark Duncan, whose performance as the Kingpin in Daredevil back Hmm. in 2003 Uh. is still one of the most mystifying miscasts of all time, (laughs) is reportedly in talks to voice Kilowog in the upcoming Green Lantern movie, and by upcoming, I mean in a little less than nine weeks. Joe, are you more excited for James Bond versus Indiana Jones versus Aliens now? And is this a better fit than Wilson Fisk? And shouldn't they be done with Green Lantern by now? <laughs> this movie l- literally comes out in less than two months.
1: You know, I had the same reaction when they announced that Jeffrey Rush was going to voice Tomar Ray. Yeah,
0: that was like two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, why isn't this movie finished? Yeah, what are they doing? Uh, As, but like, the voice acting seems like this is a pretty major. I understand you're going to go in and tweak some effects. Maybe you slide some music around a little bit. Yeah. Hey, I do post editing. I know what it's like. But voice actors? Well, I mean, not to discount the work or the talent involved, but I,
1: I do think that the voice acting would be the least time intensive part. You yeah. Know?
0: Okay. Fair enough. You the, come in once and read the, I mean,
1: who? You can plug anybody in there once the movie's done. Shouldn't
0: it be done by now? I now?
1: do think it should <laughs> be done. Now. I, it do does seem weird that they're still working on it this
0: close to release. But I think he's got a good voice for for Kilowog. So let's talk Cowboys and Aliens. Not many people know this is a comic book adaptation. Scott Mitchell Rosenberg for Platinum Studios put it out, and Mitchell Rosenberg, creator of Malibu Comics. That's right. We just found that out.
1: All your favorites from Hard Case to <laughs> Nightman.
0: Sludge with Sludge there. Sludge, yes. But also, well, let's but, talk trailer. Let's talk trailer. We can talk Malibu later. Um, uh, the trailer I thought was outstanding. I think it looks fun. I just don't feel a connection to this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the trade.
1: Yeah. Well, to be fair, neither of us have read the book, so I, I have no connection to it other than ooh, that looks cool. But
0: I am looking forward to it. They're not giving us a lot more here in the trailer. Uh, there is rock and roll, which wow, nothing pulls me into an old west movie with aliens like rock and roll. But, uh, you know, it looks fun. I agree. What let's a, stop talking about let's it. Let's quit talking about this. this f- is, it. We're doing a what terrible What a piece job. of get f- news story. <laughs> oh.
1: That's the big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories or one that we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page where Matt and I have been begging for tickets to the final weekend of Julie Taymor's Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway before it's reworked and made safe for the actors. It's got to be
0: like watching NASCAR on TV. Where you're just I like want to see one relax, where horrible stuff know. happens. You know, I mean, totally.
1: I don't want anybody to get hurt, you but I want that, stuff to fall down. You know that's why everyone's there.
0: They're like, come on, fall, fall. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Spidey, Spidey, and I'm Mighty, Mighty,
1: and I'm here to fight for what's
0: righty, righty. Review time again. Let's talk about some comics that came out this last Wednesday, April 13th. Joe, what did you read this week? I reviewed Hellboy,
1: even Boy Cows Get the Blues, one shot. (laughs) All right, all right, I'm kidding. It's Hellboy, Buster Oakley Gets His Wish, one shot from Dark Horse Comics, written by Mike Magnola with art. Colors and lettering by Kevin Nolan. He's a
0: busy guy, apparently. He is
1: a busy guy. So, Hellboy's in Kansas investigating some strange cattle mutilations. He expects to find the usual supernatural shenanigans, but the real cause is much stranger than even he was expecting. This is another solid Hellboy issue by Mignola, though it is a lot more bizarre than I'm used to, which is really saying something. Considering some of the other Hellboy comics I've read in the past.
0: Well, this one is also only written by Mignola.
1: I'm going to go ahead and have to spoil this, at least part of it, because there's really no way to talk about it without doing it. And there's not much to spoil. It's Hellboy versus Aliens, which is weird. Uh, The science fiction elements feel a little out of place because there was a typically supernatural spooky backdrop... He's going to. He's investigating cattle mutilations. He finds evidence of witchcraft, as he always
0: does, like demon worship.
1: You know, seeing Hellboy with these aliens, I, I, I just don't know how I feel about it. The book is darkly funny. There's a, a there's a excellent joke where Hellboy reacts to the aliens getting out a probe, but it's also really haunting. Like there's there's this line of chanting that goes through the entire book, and it just reminds you the. It's whole really time. cool too.
0: I looked it up. And this is stuff, like, straight out of, like, 14th century demonology grimoire. Gross. Yeah, like the Lesser Keys of Solomon. And they name all these demons and stuff. They went through And I, like, looked some of them up. And it's really cool. Like, I love that he's doing his homework here. Then it kinda turns into a wacky fight with aliens. Yeah. You and, did you know, demonology I, research for this Hellboy review? Well, I was curious, man. You know, like when I read Hellboy and they come Podcast up with weird names, canceled. I'm like I wonder if they made that up. And they never do. He does his research. No, homework. Mike
1: McNola Mike McNola does his research.
0: Professional creepy dude.
1: Yes. I mean it is it is very funny. It's also very haunting. The chanting through the book as the battle's going on. It's a little jarring. I mean, it keep, it keeps reminds you of what's at stake. You know, there's a missing kid and
0: Hellboy's trying to find him. And I think they're trying to throw a curveball at you. Like, uh-oh, uh-oh, demons, uh-oh, demons, nope, yeah. aliens. Uh, that kind of took me out of it, honestly. Like, and I don't know, I like Hellboy fighting demons and things that go bump in the night. That yeah. was my major complaint with the second Hellboy movie. Nothing went bump in the night. It was Hellboy <laughs> versus the Lord of the Rings, you know? I mean, like... <laughs> There were no monsters. It was like elves and fairies. What about that creepy guy with the the, the death angel? And I didn't hate this book. I'm not like saying leave it. But I will say the aliens felt out of place. It was a lot sillier than most Hellboy I'm into.
1: You know, a good way to describe it is uneven because it is super silly. And if they had played up the silly elements, I would have probably liked it more.
0: Yeah, like maybe you leave the demonology out. But there is also a
1: real grim thread running through it, especially the ending.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so it's kind of jarring uh, reading the – having the two kind of tones simultaneous. Art-wise, the book is beautiful. Uh, I love Kevin Nolan. Everyone he draws looks a little weird and off, almost deformed. And I just love it. He's got such an interesting art style.
0: At the beginning, I opened it up, and I'm used to Nolan's art, and I like it. And I saw that farmer, and I was like, whoa – that looks straight out of the pages of the Goon. Yeah,
1: but you know, Kevin Nolan, his art has always looked like that, and he's been doing it for a lot longer than Eric Powell.
0: That's true.
1: It's just got beautiful design work, you know, from the, like the quaint farmhouses to the super science, you know, gear that the aliens sport, uh, the giant robot that Hellboy fights. Uh, he's just got a real knack for design. It's a little strange to see a Mignola book that is not colored by Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, but Nolan's coloring fits perfectly in line with the rest of the Hellboy It was a universe. lot more
0: vibrant than most of the other Hellboy and BPRD books I'm used to seeing, like brighter. Did you think brighter. so? I thought, it, I, I thought
1: it fit right in. Um, it, it felt like a Mignola book. Uh, and something I learned this week that I did not know, Kevin Nolan designed the iconic Hellboy logo. Really? Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thanks, Comics
0: Alliance. I hope you made some money off the bad movies. No. They were bad. They weren't. They were bad. Hellboy won? Yeah, it was bad. There was a love story, Joe. There the was lo- a love story. The
1: love story is bad. Hellboy
0: but... kisses a girl in the end. Boy, that's what I was missing in my Hellboy stories. Okay, okay.
1: We're getting off track. <laughs> there is a nice little behind-the-scenes section showing Nolan's process, and it is always uh, nice to see you know how the pros do it. I, I enjoy that sort of thing. So my verdict, it's hard to pass up Hellboy even when it's kind of off- I'm giving it a buy because if uh, I'm giving it a buy if you're a Hellboy fan. Yeah. And you're probably going to enjoy it. I I did enjoy it. It was just kind of different.
0: I agree. This, it wasn't the best Hellboy one-shot I've ever read. There's definitely been better. It's good. It's fun to look at. It's very high quality. Dark Horse prints on really nice paper. Again, this is a very high quality comic. It was just a little uneven for the yeah. Hellboy that I'm used to. I didn't need the wacky alien thing. I, I, I need one. Or,
1: I needed one or the other.
0: Yeah, I, I'll give it a buy. It not a strong buy. Yeah, it.
1: But that said, you know, if you are merely Hellboy curious, <laughs> you may want to skim it.
0: That's gross. This is not a typical Hellboy this is a book. a Family show, sir.
1: And there are better examples if you're interested.
0: Matt, what did you pick this week? I read Journey into Mystery number 622 from Marvel Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, who is not one did of you Marvel's. Archi- Kieran
1: again? Isn't it Kieran? Kieran. Kieran? We went over this last week off air.
0: Chiron Gillen, who is not one of Marvel's architects, nor is he a young gun. Is he a young gun, too? I don't think he's a young gun, too. I think he's mm. just a writer, which I wonder if he feels left out. A
1: plain old writer.
0: Art by Doug Braithwaite, colors by Ulysses Ariola, and I hope he did not Areola. grow up in the United States because he would have got the crap knocked out of him. Anyway... Marvel has resurrected the comic where Thor made his first appearance once again, but this time it's to follow his mischievous brother Loki, who, as you may recall, was returned to life by Thor, but this time as a child, as opposed to the weird Marilyn Manson-looking woman's body he inhabited in the (laughs) Straczynski run. Loki is following a mystery whispered to him by a magpie that leads him to the hidden secret depths of fallen Asgard, where he meets a very familiar face. This is setting up some of the events that we're going to see in Fear Itself. I was very vocal for my love of Kieran Gillen's run on Thor. It, it was just fantastic. The Thor goes to hell and the fallen Valkyries that fed on human flesh oh, and yeah. Thor and Tyr it was scary. fighting. And by the way, Mephisto was running that hell. Gillen does a fantastic job with the yes.
1: obsession with fictional versions of hell I just of want one is devil. Really I just want
0: one devil so when I see him, I can go, oh, that's the devil. Anyway. Gillen does such a great job with the Asgardian (laughs) Norse mythology and this dialogue, which can become forced and tedious really, really quickly. I love the way that he has Thor talking to Loki like he's his little brother with this genuine affection. This is the first time we've ever seen Thor acting like a big brother, and I love the new take on their relationship. It really works here. We know that Loki is bad. He's the god of mischief, and he's probably going to go bad again. But Thor, who is so altruistic and is a hero, wants to give his brother the benefit of the doubt when the whole rest of Asgard is like talking about smashing his head open with rocks and eating him. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> It, really a lot of fun. There's a panel where Thor is asking Loki about where he got money to buy the Stark phone that he's tweeting on, <laughs> trying to connect with humans. And Loki <laughs> tells him that he was gambling with these dwarves. And Thor gives him this perfect older brother kind of scornful look. And asks him, were you cheating? And Loki answers, in this perfectly innocent tone, yeah, I was cheating, but they were cheating too. Cheating was the game, and I triumphed unfairly, most fairly, <laughs> which is <laughs> so perfectly Loki. I love the way Gillen writes this stuff because it feels like we're reading Norse mythology. And, man, is this a gorgeous-looking book. Doug Braithwaite, who I love, is doing fantastic stuff here. This is beautifully painted stuff uh doug Braithwaite was born to draw comics about gods because his art is near perfect here he's got this loose painted style that it is coming close to rivaling alex ross in my opinion this is a beautiful comic illustrated by one of the best guys working in the business right now and it works very well to maintain that mythological feel Gillen and Braithwaite are doing such fantastic work here with what really was a mess when Straczynski left. He kind of left the story up in the air. Gillen jumped right in, gave us a fantastic story to lead into what Fraction was doing with Thor. This looks like even more fun lead into Fear itself. And I finally really, really care about Kid Loki. I want to see what happens next. I give this a very strong buy.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was a really good book. I am of two minds of the idea of Kid Loki having a smartphone
0: <laughs> and tweeting. Well, but on the other side, he has a smartphone and he has a magpie that talks <laughs> well, to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, so it's it's perfect. He's like has one foot in the real world sure. of humanity and he has a magic bird that talks <laughs> to him. My, my instinct was like, that's dumb. But then he's like on the internet defending his godhood yeah, against the way, trolls. Yeah, he's like internet showing a trolls, picture of something trolls. he did. <laughs> And people are like, that's totally fake. I can tell. It's not like internet hater guy. It's just like, whatever, obviously fake. And he's like, no. Photoshop. It's not. I'm an Asgardian god. And they're like, you're a troll. And, I lo- <laughs> and Thor was like, you're not a troll. You're half giant. It's like I tried to explain that to him, but they wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally great. Like really fun exchange. And uh, whereas this could get really bogged down in Shakespearean dialogue and – Lo, there be Loki, god of mischief, getting in trouble again, <laughs> young one. Oh, does Thor doubt? You know, like, oh, man. This is fun. This flows. This works. It, it, it's interesting. And there wasn't a lot of action here. It was more we're seeing Loki's cunning was a lot of setup. Work. A lot of setup, and they're really developing this character.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add. It was a beautiful book, and I like Kieran Gillen a lot, and I like Kid Loki. I'm excited to see where it's going. And I do really appreciate how he trends more towards the mythological than the superhero, like you said. I also really like how there's no real guarantee that kid Loki is going to turn out like adult Loki. You know, this is his chance to uh, start over with a clean slate. And, And he even talks about that a little bit in the book, how he's
0: tired of his old role and he wants to be something new but at the same time he's still the god of mischief yes exactly which is fun he's neither good nor evil he just is what he is
1: right and i i think that's a really interesting uh way to examine that character and i
0: think that's why thor is also sticking up for him because thor understands that he's not a bad guy this is what he is exactly
1: uh bottom line yeah
0: this is a great book buy it so that's a double buy it for hellboy buster oakley gets his wish one shot and journey into mystery number six twenty two
1: all right, it's time to get out your Aquanet, slide into those leather pants, and unbutton your silk shirt. Mist your chest down and toss some glitter in the air. Lightning round, go! Incredible Hulk's 626.
0: Hated it. This was just bad. That's I don't need harsh. the Incredible Hulk as 007. It's stupid. And I'm sorry, I don't like Tom art Leave it. G.I. Joe Cobra, zero, which also had like six other titles, but we're going G- with G.I. G.I. Joe G.I. Joe Cobra. G.I. Joe
1: Cobra Civil War, zero. <laughs> Totally excited for this. Uh, The Mike Costa and Antonio Fuso parts were outstanding. The Chuck Dixon parts were decent made me want to check out the other G.I. Joe books buy it
0: new Avengers 11 uh, for the first time I will admit that Brian Michael Bendis is getting a little long-winded with this like yeah this what's gonna happen to Mockingbird thing I think she's been wounded for three issues now yeah <laughs> uh, still fun I'm sticking in there I'm gonna get for the first time skim it oh man yeah Walking Dead Survivors guy
1: uh, you know what I love handbooks and this one was totally fun but really Walking Dead super fans and Shonix only. <laughs> Skim <laughs> it. <laughs> now the Living Dead Annual 2011. Man,
0: I didn't see this one coming at all. Yeah, there were zombies. They ate people. They were in the swamp. They were it alive, really compelling and dead. stuff. Everything you need to know was on the cover. Skip it. Amazing Spider-Man 658. You know,
1: uh I wasn't 100% enthused with this one. I didn't like it as much as the last. it, it, it falling back on a lot of the same stuff that I'm starting to get tired of like the the Parker look and all that, you know. Spider-Man can never be happy or successful. Lightning round. Anyway.
0: Lightning round. Buy it. It was still good. That's how we warned each other we're going too long.
1: <laughs> Dean Koontz, never more number one.
0: Yeah, buddy. If we don't try new things, we'll never know if we like them. That said, <laughs> this was a really weak book. Not really weak. Strong sci-fi premise. Really lame love story. Leave it. Flash 10.
1: The road to Flashpoint getting all geared up for the big event hot pursuit revealed <laughs> which sounds like
0: a character from a gay point <laughs> uh,
1: i love it i love the flash though this is not my flash i'm a wally west man uh, this is really good stuff from johns and Manipole. Uh, i like the subplot with barry allen not really being happy that he's back <laughs> buy it uncanny x-men 535
0: another new book from not young gun Two, kieran gillen the X-Men are going back to the break world picking up where Astonishing X-Men should have left off a lot of fun, I'm excited for this run, buy it Batgirl 20
1: A good issue, fill in art by Ramon Box I'm not a fan of his but I just really enjoy Batgirl Brian Q. Miller has a really good voice for this character I like Stephanie Brown
0: She ain't my Batgirl Buy it Sonic Kane, put her in the dirt Boosh That's your lightning round for this week
1: Now let's take a look at comics we're excited for
0: for the week of Wednesday, April 20th. Man, Joe wasn't really excited about that one. We usually celebrate it a little bit. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Joe wanted me to pick Super Dinosaur, but I said, screw you, buddy. My pick is Dark Horse Presents number one with a bunch of the old guys coming back. Frank Miller is going to give us a preview of Xerxes, which is the prelude to his 300. You've got Howard Shakin. You've got Richard Corbin. You've got Neil Adams. But more importantly... You've got Concrete by Paul Chadwick, and I love me some Concrete, man. I'm super excited for this one, <laughs> Joe. What? I'm pardoning Don't you. Don't read that. I gotta say it. Do
1: not read that, Joe.
0: What's got your britches tightening this uh, week?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. Bang! <laughs> I can't wait for Sixth Gun Number Eleven from Oni Press, Cullen Bun. <laughs> uh, this should be the final installment of the Crossroads storyline. I think I'm going to make it my main review. Uh Six Gun is a book that if you're not reading it, you should be. Supernatural Western. It's top notch.
0: That theme song must mean it's time once again to Ask a Nerd. This week's question comes from Bavarian Aaron via Twitter. Aaron works at Alter Ego Comics. She's the owner. In Marion, Iowa. Is she the owner? Yep. Good for you. So she was calling herself out when she said the only comic book store owned by someone who doesn't know anything about comics. That's right. <laughs> Well, that's, to be fair, superhero awesome. comics. That's great. Uh, Aaron wants to know, how should she describe Flashpoint to her customers? And she. Wa- I, I think we should do this in one paragraph or less. Somebody walks in and says, what's this Flashpoint thing about? What do we say?
1: All right. Well, just to be fair, I already had this conversation with Aaron via Twitter in 140 character chunks last <laughs> night. Uh, so I kind of boiled down to this one sentence. The universe is in a bad way. Somebody has altered the timeline in drastic ways and only the Flash knows what's wrong.
0: Alternate reality. All well, it's st- not an
1: alternate reality. It is the present day
0: DCU. Oh, but it's screwed. That up. has That's been altered. It's not enough. like
1: they Barry has traveled to a different universe. It's that the main new the the Earth one or whatever we're calling it, New Earth, the the present day DCU has been
0: Let's call it Flashpoint Earth.
1: Flashpoint Earth. Has been altered.
0: Welcome to Flashpoint Earth. <laughs> and the Flash is the only sane man in an insane world. To which Aaron responded in perfect gold. And I can't believe we didn't think of this one. So it's the 12 monkeys of comics. It totally is. Yes. Flashpoint, it's the 12 monkeys here's our answer. Comics. Flashpoint is the 12 monkeys of comics starring Barry Allen.
1: So... <laughs> You want a short sentence to give a potential reader? So, to sum it up for a potential buyer, the Earth, the timeline has been profoundly changed by an as yet unknown force, Reverse Flash. Gotta be. And only Barry Allen knows it's wrong, and he has got to fix it. And he's got to convince these altered heroes that they need to help.
0: Good luck with Casino Batman. That guy looks like a jerk.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the question, Aaron.
0: Welcome to Earth. As always, if you have an Ask a Nerd question, head over to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click the new Ask a Nerd link. It's brand new. And remember, if you're challenging Joe's status as comic know it all, be sure to mark your email for Matt's Eyes Only on the subject line. I dare you. Break it it down like this. like this. 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 So that's it for the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast this week. If you dig on the fresh Two-Headed Street knowledge dropped here, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes where your star ratings and reviews make our pill and booze stuffed Buddha-sized bellies (laughs) jiggle like bowls full of jelly.
1: You wrote bowels full of jelly. (laughs) I was in a hurry. You can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com including our brand new links section where you can find our Twitter handles, links to our buddies' shows, Blogs like Girl Meets Nerd by Matt's wife, Casey, which details the sordid life she lives with my nerdy co-host. And by the way, it's woefully late. Get on it, Casey. You can also submit your Ask a Nerd questions or beg for some required reading suggestions.
0: that's not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query,
1: what do you think was the most egregious comic book movie miscast to date?
0: $10 word there, buddy.
1: I know. Not worst comic book movie, mind you, but worst actor or actress chosen to portray a particular character in a comic book movie.
0: I'm going with Jennifer Garner as Elektra, but it's a close one with uh, Jessica Alba, who stole it. Both. It's <laughs> terrible.
1: It's not, no, it's not close. It's Jennifer Garner as Elektra. <laughs>
0: Before we go, our brand new weekly shout out goes to Max Riffner for helping us out with our new sexy links on the site. One of which is a link to Max's site where you can find his Drunk Elephant webcomic. Amongst lots of other things that he done, this is the award winning Max Richter I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Not to confuse you. Word to you, Max. <laughs> and until next time, true believers, this is the Two Headed Nerd, signing off.
1: Shalom!